Welcome everyone to Monday Match Analysis on one of my four favorite days of the year, the Monday after a major final. I'm Gil Gross and Rafael Nadal has won major title number 21 at the 2022 Australian Open after defeating Daniil Medvedev in five sets coming back from down two sets to love. He is now in sole possession of the most slam titles of all time. With 21, he now has the double career Grand Slam, joining Novak Djokovic in that regard with his second Australian Open title. And it felt like one of Rafael Nadal's most surprising, if not his most surprising, run to a Grand Slam title. If you look at the entire context of what's happened over the last three months, maybe even six months. And when you when you write the book about Nadal, when you tell your kids about Nadal, you got to talk about the fact that he has never given up, ever. That now he's starting to tactically conserve energy, but back in the day, he used to never give up on a point. He has never given up on his career, and he doesn't give up on matches. And he fights, and he competes. And it doesn't matter what the score is. It doesn't matter what the circumstance is. It doesn't matter what the context is. Because all of those things suggested that Nadal should have laid down. That he had no chance, and he should have accepted defeat. He was down two sets to love. Triple break point at one point as well in the third set. He had lost his last four Australian Open finals. Back in September, he was on crutches. So he's trying to come back. He's trying to make up for lost time. And he gets COVID. He's out for another 10 days. Not to mention, now he comes to Australia. And, you know, he's trying to find his form. And he does a great job doing that. Now he's in the final. He's down two sets to love. All of these things are in the background. But he's playing Daniil Medvedev. And I just want to say before I begin my analysis of this match, and there will be there will be obviously technical breakdowns. There will be praise of Rafael Nadal. There will be critique of Daniil Medvedev because that's what happens after a match when I decipher why the player who won won the match. But I believe that this is a victory that's going to age very well for Rafael Nadal because I still have no doubt. I think that Daniil Medvedev will win four or more hardcourt major titles. So all of that going against Nadal, and he knows he's going up against a guy who is a problem. A dude who, for example, was returning all of his serves for almost the entire match. And Nadal never, ever stopped competing, which is incredible. However, this match did start with um, with Daniil Medvedev getting the better of play in a pretty commanding and decisive way. So first, let me just preview the topics for today's technical breakdown of this 2022 Australian Open final. 
Nadal over Medvedev in five. I'm going to start with talking about the beginning portions of the match and in the first and the second set, how Medvedev found an advantage here by, well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to spoil that yet, but I'm going to first talk about Medvedev's early advantage. And then I'm going to talk about the shift. It's pretty simple. And what are the things that changed in Nadal's favor? I'm going to talk about physicality and what we saw in this match and how technique and skill set and physicality blend and how they they are uh, they work in tandem to create certain dynamics in a tennis match. And then I'll end with a few words about both players in conclusion. So let's get into the Medvedev portion of the match, the part where everything was going according to plan, where the Medvedev plan A was, was the best path on the court. Well, first of all, Medvedev was making a concerted effort to drag out rallies, especially on return games. He fancied himself in these long rallies. The way he was playing the rallies were a suggestion of that because he was not playing them aggressively. He was actually taking a lot of pace off of his ground strokes, keeping the ball deep in the court, and going to Nadal's backhand over and over and over again. Very happy to play lung-busting, lengthy rallies, point after point after point, and I think strongly believing that he was going to be the player who was going to benefit from that, and he was the player benefiting from that. If you look at unforced errors in rallies that surpassed five shots, in the first two sets combined, Nadal, 17 unforced errors, Medvedev four. So this was this was in when it comes to the rallies, this was pure shot tolerance on Medvedev, fancying himself in the consistency and the physicality department. And that was it. And it, it kind of did seem like Nadal was physically overmatched in these rallies and it was going to be a problem for him. But more importantly, or just as importantly, Nadal was failing to shorten these points on his serve, which obviously he wants to do. And that is because, one, Daniil Medvedev was making 80% or more of returns in play, and that was true for all of the first four sets. It only dipped under 80% in the fifth set when it comes to Medvedev's returning. But not only was Medvedev neutralizing Nadal's serve, but over half the points that were being played on Nadal's serve, over 50%, were going past four shots. That was true in the first set, and that was true in the second set. And I guarantee you, you can go to the Matteo Berrettini match, the Denis Shapovalov match, the Adrian Manorino match. You can go round by round by round by round. There is nobody who came even close to dragging out the majority of Nadal's service points past four shots. Nobody came close to doing that. Because nobody puts as many returns in play, and when they do put the returns in play, nobody has the depth on return to neutralize that Nadal first forehand that Medvedev has. So neutralize the Nadal serve, drag out the rally, make Nadal 
Medvedev was making Nadal try to hurt him on the backhand side. The Nadal backhand was not prepared to do that in the first set. The Nadal backhand was at nine unforced errors to one finish. And in the second set, it got it got a little bit better. I'll get to the second set. I'll hint at the second set in a moment. But another thing in the first set was that Medvedev had a great serving set. His first serve was highly effective. And just like I talked about Medvedev, 80% or more returns in play for the first four sets. Well, Nadal similarly had over 70%. Well, that's not true, actually. Over 60% returns in play for every set, not the first set. Nadal only made 55% of his returns in the first set. So what is the picture I'm painting in this first set? Medvedev winning the short rallies off the serve return dynamic and off of free point generation or cheap point generation off of the serve and the return. Then Medvedev winning the long rallies off of shot tolerance, consistency, and physicality. That's the first set. Now in the second set, a couple of funky things happen. Tactically, Medvedev is doing exactly the same thing. Nadal is doing exactly the same things. Nothing is different in that respect. From, but from an execution perspective, Medvedev completely loses his first serve. Therefore, he's not getting free points anymore. And it becomes more of a tussle, I would say. But Nadal in the second set, and I'm going to leave this here, Nadal played his worst set off the ground in the second set. And there were more issues with Nadal making unforced errors off of his forehand wing in the second set in opportune positions, in attacking positions, and positions that I thought were pressure points, big points, where Nadal just letting the nerves get the better of him. That happened more in the second set than it did for the rest of the match, which is interesting from a nerve management standpoint because uh, Nadal was great after the second set managing the nerves, even though even though he got broken serving for the match, which I should have mentioned right at the start. I should have mentioned that after being broken for the match in the 2012 final, broken for the match in the 20, uh, sorry, up a break in the fifth set in the 2012 final and the 2017 final. Didn't serve for the match, but up a break in the fifth set in both of those finals. Again, loses from up a break, gets broken serving out the match, and still comes back and plays a, a really good return game and breaks Medvedev's serve in a, in a boomerang break. Just ridiculous, ridiculous mental strength. Okay, so Medvedev wins the second set in a tie break. And if... Medvedev, say, won in straight sets, just for example, in a, in a uh, parallel universe, if Medvedev won in straight sets, I'd probably be breaking down all of the missed opportunities and mistakes that Nadal made in the second set. He came back, so we're not going to waste our time going through that stuff. But it was as bad as Medvedev can serve. Medvedev's serve was terrible in the second set, and... Medvedev still won the second set with the same baseline tactics, a lot of the same baseline tactics, and then some very clutch play at the end of the tiebreak, making some uh, really good passing shots and some good plays turning uh, defense into offense, which we will see very, very soon um, 
will be the reverse dynamic. Yeah. Okay, so that brings us to the turnaround in this match. There was a physical shift. In the third set, there got to be a point where it was very clear Medvedev's tactics were different. They were changed. He was no longer taking pace off of his ground strokes, staying staying back behind the baseline, rallying patiently past 20 shots. It became, no, Medvedev, he's getting more aggressive. He's looking for finishes. He's trying to shorten points here. And Nadal started to look a lot fresher again. Because Nadal looked very tired. I haven't mentioned that. Nadal looked very tired throughout the first and second set. It looked like he was drained by this average rally length that he was having to withstand, which was, I think, you know, two shots. I know Craig O'Shaughnessy was on Twitter giving the stats. It was like on average, and I know this doesn't sound like much, but as an average, it is like two shots longer every single rally than um, he was playing coming into the tournament. So he was looking really tired. There was a physical shift here. And before I get into the effects of that physical shift, we need to try to explain that physical shift. How is it that Medvedev looks like he has this, the better legs, the stronger legs, and then suddenly in the third set, and then almost for the rest of the match, not quite, but almost, suddenly Nadal looks like he's got the stronger legs. Medvedev is... On the shaky legs, Medvedev is the one who is breaking down physically. How does that happen? How, you know, what logic could possibly explain that? So I can't give a definitive answer, but I can certainly try. And I think I have a good idea of what happened here. First of all, there's a difference between short-term lung capacity and long-term muscular endurance. It's just a different thing. You know, triathlon runners are not the same as as runners who do the 400 meter uh, sprint. You know, it's a it's a different thing. And while Medvedev's short term lung lung capacity and his short term muscular endurance in the long rallies early on in the match was superior to Nadal's very very clearly, that doesn't mean that Medvedev is stronger going into hour four than Rafael Nadal. So it's completely physiologically a different a different kind of stamina and a, a different kind of endurance. So I think that's the first thing. The second thing is effort, willpower, willingness to suffer. I can be in better shape than you, but if you're trying harder than me, if you're digging deeper, if you are suffering more, you might be able to get more out of your conditioning than I'm able to get out of my conditioning. And anyone who's ever worked out has can understand this, which I think is probably most people who are listening and watching here. I mean, th there is a limit that you have. And it's about how close to that limit are you able to push yourself. And most of us don't get anywhere near that. But, you know, when you're making decisions in a rally, when you're making decisions on the court, 
those decisions are altered and changed based on how hard you are willing to push yourself. And the reality, if we are focusing on first Medvedev's physical decline in this match, Medvedev got a second win in the fifth set. What does that tell you? It tells you that there was a little extra in there that if Medvedev was giving 100% willingness to suffer in the third and the fourth sets, it was in him. He had it. He just wasn't untapping it because it was there and we saw it in the fifth set. Whereas Nadal, he never really has that problem. And that's, you know, the doggedness of, of his work ethic on the court. He's never going to cheat himself. And he talks about willingness to suffer all the time. And I thought we saw that Medvedev was willing to suffer in the fifth set, but when he had that comfortable lead in the third and the fourth and he was feeling it in the legs, his decision-making was compromised because he wasn't looking to suffer. He wasn't looking to push himself that extra 15, 20%, even though he was feeling it, it, feeling it in the legs. Now, one thing that has to do with, with effort and willingness to suffer is crowd support. I'm going to talk a little bit more about the crowd later when I give my concluding thoughts on Medvedev, because I, that needs to be discussed. But, uh, the crowd behind you in tennis, that can help your effort. And Nadal had all of that, and Medvedev had none of that. That might have been part of what we saw in this match from a physical perspective, from an effort perspective. Now, I also think there needs to be an explanation on Nadal's revival, because what I just explained is maybe why Medvedev dipped and then reemerged in the fifth set. Nadal's revival... Why did he look less tired in the fourth set, in the fifth set, than he did in the first and second? Two reasons. One, shorter points. Rally lengths decreasing. Second thing, cooler temperatures. And that might have been a factor. We saw Nadal. Nadal looked almost like he did in the Shapovalov match in the first two sets here with just the copious amounts of sweat coming out of that man's body. At a uh, at a concerning rate in the first uh, in the first hour hour and a half of this match that kind of slowed down and it got back to normal. I mean Nadal's always going to sweat, but sometimes sometimes you you look at him and it's like kind of a different level. And I I think we've seen that a couple times in this tournament. So shorter points, cooler temperatures, crowd support effort level, the consistent effort level that Nadal gives point in, point out always, those are all factors here. And that, those things created the physical shift. So now alter what everything I talked about in the first set with, with Medvedev trying to drag out rallies. And now he's trying to search for finishes, looking to shorten points. Now we can see a mismatch, which is the deficiencies in Medvedev's skill set when it comes to shortening points outside of his serve versus Nadal's all-court mastery and his defensive skill, Nadal's defensive skill and Medvedev's finishing capabilities. I said in the preview that that's a mismatch. Medvedev is not a great finisher. Besides his serve, which is kind of automatic, automatic easy points, not in this match, 
Not not here. Not against Nadal's return. Not the way Medvedev was serving. Medvedev can serve a lot better than he did. Nadal can serve a lot better than he did in the first set as well. I didn't really mention that. First two sets, really. Um, but Medvedev can Medvedev was far below his regular serving level in sets two, three, and four. So with that out of the picture, now it comes down to Medvedev trying to use his skills and the things he knows how to do to shorten points and find finishes, and Nadal has his legs under him, and he's using his defensive capabilities. So what I'm going to do now is we're going to look look at some film, a little bit of film study here. Here's the things you're going to see in, in the points I'm going to show. Medvedev four-court discomfort and bad execution on the drop shots and the volleys. Also, Medvedev leaving himself open to counterattack due to baseline positioning and underpowered ground game. And Nadal's amazing counterattacking. All right, so let's get into this. I, I have a lot of points to show you here. And mind you, I'm not going to just cherry pick those common themes. I'm only going to show you points from essential points in Rafael Nadal's comeback. So here we go. It's going to start with this Love 40 game at 2-3. Medvedev is up two sets to Love. Nadal serving at 2-3 in the third set. It is Love 40, but we're going to pick things up at 15-40. Medvedev steps into this backhand, and I want you to look at where he is on the court. Medvedev had all the momentum going forward. He had a backhand to attack. He steps in. He plasters it right on the baseline. And if he was in at net here, which he could have been easily, if you look at his court position, Medvedev is hitting a midcourt ball and retreating back to the baseline. You're going to see a lot of this. And what that opens Medvedev up to is the counterattack by Nadal. So now Nadal's next ball is somewhat strong in itself and Medvedev is moving backwards he's off balance on this cross court backhand because his court position was in a compromised place here when he hit this backhand he was in uh in no man's land in front of the baseline so he's unable to defend this next ball because of his offensive court position and he didn't come forward when he could have we're going to see that a lot next point 30 40 Medvedev hits the backhand dropper in another attackable position, but Nadal's going to get up to it. And look, again, Nadal or Medvedev doesn't come to net. He doesn't follow his drop shot to net, which is almost always a great idea. And he's in no man's land again here. He has to account for the Nadal redrop. So, you know, he's standing in a decent spot, but Nadal gets good depth on this backhand dig. And Medvedev just awkwardly charges up expecting the redrop Nadal punches it deep and Nadal misses this weird forehand volley again caught in no man's land because he's just finding himself in awkward court positions here but doesn't finish from the offensive uh position going for his backhand drop shot so Nadal holds serve there let's go to four all in the third set Medvedev now on uh serve at this four all game and he's going to get this very attackable backhand inside the service box. He looks for the finish, goes down the line. Nadal anticipates and hits this backhand cross-court pass for a winner. So Medvedev doesn't finish from this spot where 
he he expects himself to, but also a good play by Nadal. Later on in this game, 15-30 now, Medvedev hits a big serve. This Nadal return barely comes over the net. It is a nothing return. This is a 98% shot for Medvedev. 90, Maybe 99% of the time, Daniil Medvedev should put this ball away. This was the worst shot of the match. Medvedev does kind of a, a push shot like this, the way you teach like a... The way you teach a six-year-old how to volley, you you put them in front of the net and you have them hold their racket up and then you have them just punch forward. That was the technique on this ball. And Medvedev could have just bunted this ball over the net and he hits the net on this gimme shot down 15-30 here on this service game. Now, break point 30-40. Look at this Medvedev forehand. In between the baseline and the service line, this is prime finishing position. He's so close to net. He's definitely going to come forward here. He hits this cross court, and Nadal hits a wonderful backhand down the line passing shot to break serve here in this third set. So the way to look at this is not Medvedev messing up. It's not Nadal necessarily always being spectacular, but it's how many times is Medvedev losing from winning positions looking to finish points. Now let's go to the fourth set. Here's an important game at two all. Here is a game point for Medvedev, and we get the same forehand between the service line and the baseline in the midcourt. It's a it's prime kind of approach shot zone. Medvedev is going to hit this cross-court forehand. Nadal is going to defend with this high lob. And Medvedev, in this point, retreats back to the baseline, lets it bounce, and then tries to hit a really hard baseline overhead and frames it almost whiffed. If this were the first set or the second set, Medvedev would have hit that overhead super safe, maybe hit a forehand. But since he was... Again, trying to finish these points. He tried to go really aggressive. Missed it. Okay. So still at two all now. Back to deuce. Serve volley Medvedev. Low forehand volley. Doesn't do enough with it. Rafa makes the forehand pass. Deuce number three here. This game drags on. Backhand drop shot Medvedev. Steps inside the court to attack. And Nadal easily able to get up to it and steers it down the line for a winner. Deuce number four, this game continuing. Medvedev driving a forehand down the line here with plenty of court open, but it's just not good enough. Nadal can get there, and now we see another example of a counterattack by Nadal because Medvedev has looked to attack. He's in offensive court positioning. He's He's not in good position to defend, but his attacking ball hasn't made Nadal uncomfortable enough. So Nadal is going to counterattack. Medvedev, all of his momentum is going left because he hasn't recovered to the middle yet. And Nadal is going to be able to do a lot of damage on this forehand down the line. And he's able to draw the error off of this counter forehand down the line. Nadal ends up breaking serve in this two-all game. Now let's go to Love 30. Later on in this fourth set, Medvedev has an opportunity to break back. He goes to the backhand drop shot. Nadal is up to it easily. And Medvedev tries to lob. 
Nadal finishes the overhead. The lob is not good enough. Later on in this game, Medvedev has a break point. He goes to the backhand dropper again. Nadal doesn't even need to make a play this time because Medvedev puts it in the net. How many big points here now have we go have we gone to the Daniil Medvedev backhand drop shot? How many times has that failed him? It was not a good play. I can tell you this. He attempted 24 backhand drop shots. I'm not sure in that subset how many of those points Nadal won and how many Medvedev won. But I can say this. Only two of them won the point outright. Two out of 24. And I've covered this in the past. I've covered this with Nadal Djokovic in the Roland Garros final in 2020, for example. When Nadal gets to drop shots, there's pretty much no one in the world who is better than him at knowing what to do with that shot. He's so good in the forecourt in that position with the redrop, with the continental grip, punching it deep. But a common theme also on these Medvedev drop shots was not only that he couldn't hit winners off of them, but was that he was not following them up to the net. And Nadal was had a lot of options with Medvedev at the baseline um, because Nadal could punch deep and and finish on the next volley. So let's go now to the fifth set. Five all in the fifth set. Forehand volley on this serve and volley for Medvedev should be an easy put away. Doesn't put it away. Nadal with the forehand pass down the line. Later on in the game, 30-15. Look at this position for Medvedev. It's a backhand on top of the service line. I mean, this is prime finishing. This is the prime part of the court where you look to finish these points. You either look to hit a winner, force an error, come forward, finish a volley. Medvedev goes to the backhand drop shot again. Nadal with a beautiful dig here. Cross-court winner. That time Medvedev was at the net behind his drop shot, but it didn't matter. But, I mean, another just prime finishing position Medvedev can't finish. Now it's deuce. Still in this five-all game in the fifth set. Medvedev hits this backhand cross-court very hard, lots of pace. And look at that. He's on top of the baseline. He's trying to be offensive. That opens up the offense for Nadal because that cross-court backhand that Medvedev hit very hard, Nadal anticipated it. It didn't make Nadal uncomfortable. Now there's space up the line for the Rafa counter forehand, which forces the error. And finally, break point at 5-all here. This is a first forehand. So Medvedev makes his first serve. Nadal makes a defensive return. This is Medvedev's first forehand. He's going to lean into it, and he overcooks it. And this is a forehand that I've seen Medvedev miss so many times, and it's hurt him throughout his young career when he has to generate. And in general, I haven't included Medvedev errors in this montage. I'm just mostly showing Nadal's, because I want to show Nadal's defense and his counterattacking. Um, but obviously, that is also worked into the subset of points here. I'm also not showing you all the points where Medvedev had a chance to finish, didn't. Nadal was the aggressor later in the rally and ended up winning the points. Um, okay. Now let's go first point of... Oh, wait. Yeah. 
Now let's go first point, and this is the last point I'm going to show you guys. First point of Nadal serving it out in the fifth set. This is an important point here. Again, Medvedev stepping in and looking to be aggressive on his backhand and doesn't do enough. Nadal gets there, great movement, but he's he's Medvedev not recovered to the middle of the court, not in good position to defend, and Nadal's open stance backhand cross court has Medvedev moving backwards and Medvedev nets this forehand. So look at all the counterattacks we've seen from Nadal. I've shown you Medvedev uh, forehand down the line, Nadal on the run, counter forehand down the line against the green uh, behind Daniil Medvedev. I've shown you um, Medvedev cross court forehand build, counter forehand down the line by Nadal into the open court. Now I've shown you this last one was backhand down the line for Medvedev, backhand cross court counter attack by Nadal. Why weren't these counters open in the first two sets? Because Medvedev was much less aggressive in his court position and much less aggressive in his pace generation. He was, he was instead of trying to build where he's not recovering to the middle, he is not in good defensive court position, uh, and he's not giving... Um, Nadal pace to work with. Instead, Medvedev, if you watch the first two sets, he's just kind of happy to massage the ball, massage the ball around the court and stay in good position. And that's why those counters weren't available. So, very simple. Medvedev, physical decline, needing to find ways to finish points, doesn't have the skill set to do it. Not executing on drop shots well enough. Not executing on approach shots and volleys well enough. Uh, getting counterattacked by Nadal. Nadal's defensive skills getting the better of Medvedev. And uh, very importantly also, Nadal's return. Not giving Medvedev that those cheap and easy points on the first serve. Um, I said going into the fifth set, if they're both tired, who do I like? And I, I put this on Twitter. You favor Nadal. If Nadal is tired, what does Nadal have in his back pocket, in his tool shed to shorten points? He has a great forehand that generates pace, generates offense reliably. He's got the better forehand. Nadal has the better transition game. Nadal has the better drop shots. Nadal has the better toughness. Nadal has the better decision-making. What did Medvedev need? The serve. That's what Medvedev had. And he didn't have that. So uh, it was going to be Nadal here. It was going to be Nadal in that, in that position. Um, quickly, other things that changed in Nadal's favor. Other details. And I'm not going to go too in-depth on this. Nadal's backhand went from a safety blanket to a weapon. Remember how I talked about how Medvedev was rallying to, to the Nadal backhand and using that as a way to elongate the points? Well, eventually Nadal realized that and was like, okay, well, I need to make Medvedev pay for going safe to my backhand. And especially on, Medvedev cross, on Medvedev's cross-court forehand, Nadal was stepping in and looking to do damage with the backhand down the line. 
The fifth set was another A-plus forehand set from Nadal. And if you look at a lot of the points he won, they were on Rafa's terms, on the forehand. Short angle cross-court forehand was giving Medvedev fits because it was very physical for Medvedev to go out to go out beyond, you know, into the doubles alley, um, beyond the sideline, really, and to hit those open stance backhands on the run and then have to recover to the middle from those positions. And, I mean, just with Medvedev's legs screaming at that point in the match, that was just a brutal tactic uh, by Nadal in a, in a good way, brutal in a good way. Um, and generally, the Nadal forehand in this set was just opportunistic. Nadal also hit service winners in the fifth. And you can look at these crucial service games that Medvedev was in. And for the first time all match, and I have no explanation for this, for the first time all match, Nadal hit some service winners. And, I mean, I said before the first match, Nadal is going to have to win with other tools besides his first serve. And that was that was true. That was mainly true. In, inexplicably, for the first time all match, in the last couple games there, towards the tail end of the fifth set, Medvedev was missing returns. Um, he was there for most of them. Nadal did hit some good first serves, but you know they were returns that Medvedev was making the whole match, plain and simple. And suddenly Medvedev wasn't making those returns. If you look at his returns in play, I just want to read off the numbers. First set, 81. Then 86. 91. 89. 67 in the fifth. 67. Above 80% every single set, well above 80% in most of the sets. Suddenly, fifth set, 67%. Um, so Nadal suddenly got three points. That was big for him. That was major in the fifth set. Concluding on Medvedev, what do I make of his performance as a whole, his loss, his performance, all that? Plan A was a winning plan for Daniil, but it was a very, very physical plan extraordinarily and i don't know if it was just that it's it's such a physical plan that it doesn't make much sense and it wasn't going to work or maybe it was the physicality of the Pass match and the felix match that came into a play here came into play here in the final you just you don't know and you can't know but plan a was a winning plan but it was too physical. He couldn't sustain plan A. The problems were with plan B. And that's where some of the, the skills that he hasn't developed as well, the volleys, mainly, the transition game, the ability to finish from the back of the court. Because at the end of the day, if he could finish from the back better, he wouldn't have to come forward to finish. He wouldn't have to finish at net. If he had the... I mean, he's never going to have this, but just for example, you know, if you're, if he were like Dominic team, he could have a much better success rate just staying back and finishing from, from the baseline. Anyway, um, so point finishing development is needed on Medvedev's side of things. Lastly, the crowd. What happened with the crowd here? I think it, I think it affected Daniil. I think it bothered Daniil and after the match, he seemed very hurt by it, very affected by it. And his press conference was pretty sad. Um, 
you know, again, I think he he really felt he really felt hurt by the crowd here and just how, you know, they were cheering his double faults. They were cheering his mistakes. I talked about that worst shot in the match that he hit off of that big first serve when he just missed the shot that should be 99%. I mean, you you and I, you watching this video probably could have put it away on the shot that he missed. The crowd went crazy. And then Medvedev gave a sarcastic clap. He said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, right? Um, Medvedev was frustrated with the crowd. So I think he needs a plan in the future um, of, of how he should process that, how he should try to process that. But also, I understand how hard that is. And I I don't expect that at this stage in his career, or or maybe maybe you can go an entire career without learning and understanding how to process mentally the crowd being that thoroughly against you. A lot of it, I think, is acceptance, though, of just, I'm playing Nadal, the crowd will be cheering every time I lose a point. And like, how can you get to a place of acceptance there? But there's another factor here, which is that this wasn't just a problem in this match. This was the Tsitsipas match. This was the Kyrgios match. Australia didn't like Daniil throughout this event. They just didn't. And part of that, folks, Daniil Medvedev's fault. Nobody's fault. Just Daniil Medvedev's fault, period. The, uh, the way he was reacting to the crowd at times during this tournament was counterproductive. The, the clashes that he's had the abusive outbursts that he's had with chair umpires, that's off-putting behavior. People are going to root against you harder when you do those things. That's it. So part of me, I feel bad for Medvedev. I do. It's got to be hard to have a crowd that against you. Another part of me, his actions created his own problem with the crowd. And he can work on that. You know, how can I make sure that I don't alienate the crowd? I, I think, you know, he should reflect on that, in my opinion. Finally, let me conclude on Nadal. Once again, the skill set advantages outweigh the physical, the supposed physical youth advantages. Oftentimes, and we've seen this We've seen this with Djokovic more often. Like with the five-setter against Dominic Team in the Australian Open two years ago. Who had the legs in the fifth set? Novak, not Dominic. Age didn't matter. Again, who's got the legs? Nadal. Not so much Medvedev. Age didn't matter. What does matter in these matches? I know I've talked about this before. What is mattering? Skill development that Rafael Nadal has meticulously improved and developed throughout his career. The Rafael Nadal at 25 years old, who was a physical monster, who would have never been outlasted in the rallies like he did in the first two sets against Daniil Medvedev in this match, never would have 25-year-old Nadal had, what was it? 17 unforced errors to four in long rallies in the first two sets. Not a chance. Guess what? 
Young Nadal would never have executed on the serve plus drop shot, the serve volley, the backhand slice, the approach shot volley, the first serves that got him those crucial free points in the fifth set. Never would young Nadal have been able to do that. The skill development wins. He had the legs, you know, he he had the the physicality necessary to maintain his level throughout the last, you know, three sets. So that matters. But what was the difference? It was not youth once again. It was skill set advantages. And again, I just want to reiterate this exemplified Rafael Nadal as a competitor. You know, we we know the player who he is. We know the the talent that he possesses, the shots that he's able to come up with, but the reality still remains that against in the circumstances that he's had in the last six months, the way the first two sets of this match went, the challenges that Daniil Medvedev represents, most players would have quit. Most players would have lied down. Rafael Nadal didn't. It is number 21. It is another twist in the slam tally saga, the history of the big three. Nadal pulls ahead. He'll go into Roland Garros. With a one-slam lead, he's won the Australian Open when it looks like he may never win this tournament again to the heartbreak of him and his fans. But no, Rafael Nadal comes through in one of his most impressive slam runs of his career. Congratulations to Rafael Nadal and his fans. Hope you enjoyed don't forget to subscribe, and I'll see you next time. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean not a cellar. the mini-fridge. It's a mini-fridge. It's a mini-fridge. Yeah. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts. Yes.